Welcome to the Scarlet Faithful Podcast. I am your host and co-founder, Aaron Brightman. It's been a while since I've done kind of a solo episode. I really focused on having um, a lot of different Rutgers coaches on with the spring season kicking off uh, in the last couple of weeks. I had um, baseball head coach Steve Owens. I had uh, both lacrosse head coaches, Brian Brecht and Melissa Lehman. I also squeezed in uh, Coquise Washington, Rutgers women's basketball coach. Um, so I haven't uh, had as many episodes lately. There's a lot going on. But now that we're, you know, hitting the stretch run of basketball uh, and wrestling and a few other things, I have some things planned. Next week, we'll have Brad Wachtel, uh, one of the leading bracketologists uh, who does have personal ties to Rutgers. Uh, I've, I've spoken to him the last few years. Uh, we'll have him on uh, early next week. And then also having Nick Costco, who does play-by-play for Rutgers Wrestling, uh, to preview uh, the Big Ten uh, Wrestling Championships that take place uh, next weekend, not this coming weekend. Um, So lots coming up then. But uh, today, uh, the morning after, Rutgers uh, had a very damaging loss to Michigan at home. I thought I would dive into some uh, thoughts and a bit more analysis uh, following my rapid reaction video uh last night i'm on about two and a half hours of sleep uh because i uh get up rather early for work but i'm going to push through here because i think there's some important things that need to be said obviously last night was extremely disappointing uh rutgers getting off to the start that they did you know they really looked ready uh when caleb came in uh and credit to him for playing last night Michael said after the game he hadn't practiced all week, obviously suffering that uh, those back spasms against um, uh, Wisconsin uh, on the weekend before uh, was not, you know, uh, looking good per Michael when I spoke to him uh, this past Monday to play, but he was able to play, came in and hit a three, the rack exploded. They were up 13 to three. I really thought the key to the game just in terms of a general sense, was that Rutgers was unable to capitalize uh, during that stretch where Michigan missed 10 shots in a row. They were really struggling. And a 13-3 lead could have been greater. Um, Rutgers was unable to uh, take advantage. They missed some shots uh, on uh, several possessions in a row as well. And um, I thought that that was the opportunity to uh, deliver the knockout blow. Um, you know, 20 to three versus 13 to three is, is a far different um, situation. And, um, you know, there's reasons that Michigan obviously came back. Uh, I mentioned this in the reaction video, but I thought Doug McDaniel and um, uh, Kobe Bufkin, uh, you know, two speedy smaller guards uh, kind of been the Achilles heel for Rutgers defensively over the years in recent years. Uh, really did a lot of damage. They they had um, you know a lot of big shots. Uh, they had energy. They, they their quickness. They were able to beat Rutgers off the dribble and create shots. Something that Rutgers sorely sorely uh, missed on on the offensive end, which really was the issue defensively. Rutgers, you know, uh, wasn't their best game, but um, listen, they held Michigan 15 points below their their season average in Big Ten play. They held them to 41% shooting. Um, you know, it, that, that was not why they lost. Uh, offensively, it was their statistically from an offensive efficiency standpoint, it was their second worst performance of the season. 
just just a, a hair better than uh, the Seton Hall loss, which um, you know both both games they scored forty five and forty six points. Uh, where if you just had a bad offensive night, you would have won both those games. And it's extremely frustrating. Um, I've talked about what I think offensively, you know, Rutgers can do better. Uh, I thought that um, when they did look and prioritize Cam Spencer for catch and shoot opportunities, it worked. Uh, Cam didn't make every shot, but he got good looks and he did make some big shots. Um and I just think that that needs to be more of a priority, even though it was prioritized more so uh, last night and uh, against Wisconsin. Um, it, it, it's, I mean, it's probably their their best uh, offensive weapon. You know, I, I don't know if probably is even right. I think it is. <laughs> you know, and if Cam's going to take 15 shots a game and, you know, 10 plus are, are pretty good looks, I, I think he could live with that. Uh, and, and I think that that was, you know, he only got three, three, three point attempts last night, one of three, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, but he was taking more mid range jumpers and he was making them. So, uh, I think that has to be prioritized more. And then, you know, uh, and I've had people send it to me, but I, I've mentioned this for a while now, you know, I, I wrote an article probably a month ago after, uh, I forget which game it was. Um, but when Paul Mulcahy, prioritizes uh his shot and creating offense for himself uh Rutgers is at its best they're at its best and um you know his issues offensively have kind of mirrored I think Rutgers as a whole where last night you really saw they were very timid um looking for their shots uh they really struggled from the foul line um and I, I think it affected their confidence you know the first half they were three of 12 from the foul line and um, it looked like a struggle for for um, in the second half. No one was attacking the rim, um, and they just settled for 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 some contested shots. They didn't finish well at the rim. They were five of eighteen on layups, obviously an issue. Um, but I think that it definitely, to me, looks like a confidence issue. Um, you know, and I think it does, you know, fairly or unfairly, it, it starts with a point guard, you know, Mulcahy is a great distributor. He's a great facilitator when he looks to shoot and he makes shots, he opens things up for the rest of the offense. And, um, you know, he has not done that as much. He hasn't really even shot that poorly. He's just hasn't really looked to be aggressive on the offensive end, um, and I think that that has been uh, definitely uh, part of the issue offensively. I did want to, uh, you know, I've seen comments where people keep saying, you know, the mag injury, it can't be, it can't be the reason for this decline. You know, Rutgers is one in four now since mag uh, has missed, uh, you know, has been declared out for the season. And I did do some, uh, some research uh, data wise, that honestly does show a very uh, uh, impactful. Um, well, I'm not speaking very clearly right now. Uh, it, it shows a root cause for the difference in both two point offense and two point defense since he's been out the last five games. So, through 23 games with Mag, Rutgers shot 48.8% from two point range. In the five games without him, they're down to 44%. In the 23 games with Mag defensively, 
they held opponents to 43.8% from two-point range, which is excellent. In the five games without him, opponents have shot 54.3% from two-point range. I don't think that's a coincidence. Nag is their best interior defender. He has uh, also led the team from two-point range offensively at 55.8% shooting from inside the arc. Those statistics and the team defense and team offenses um, uh, variances uh, are directly related to his loss. You know, and that doesn't even speak to, I think, the impact that he made on this team just in terms of, you know, it's, it's a cliche of, you know, glue guy, but Mag really held things together in a way that I think is pretty obvious now. Um, you know, it's not just his uh, interior defense and his uh, finishing ability, you know, his offensive rebounding, his ability to get back on uh, in transition, his ability to get out in transition on offense. Um, and I've, I've said this, you know, his edge, his toughness, his, his swagger, he brought it. And I think that, you know, with him on the floor, you know, uh, he helped open things up for, for, um, Things offensively, I think that his help defense with Cliff inside was huge. His ability to defend multiple players, even on the perimeter, is sorely missed. Um, and it's thrown off the bench uh, balance. Um, you know, Andre Hyatt coming off the bench as the sixth man. Rutgers was a stronger team. You know, him starting now, he's uh, relatively played pretty well. Last night, was he did not. Um, but you know, overall he's, I think, I think he's made the most of the opportunity overall. He's, um, you know, he, he's played smart. I thought, you know, he was the uh, player of the game in the Wisconsin win, uh, which by the way, let's not forget, you know, that was just a few days ago and Rutgers showed a ton of heart and a ton of character with McConnell out, uh, in addition to mag to be able to win that game. So I know there's the tendency, the human nature to, uh, have wild emotions, emotional swings, uh, game to game. Um, and you know, it's, uh, for those that have, uh, followed college basketball for years that have followed this team, you know, it's a long season. It's a marathon, you know, football is different, you know, 12 games, every win or loss is more impactful because there's less games played. It's not, uh, you don't need to, to, uh, um, you know, understand advanced statistics to, to get that part of it. And I don't know. I don't know if it's just um, raised expectations, if it's um, just uh, everyone being more emotionally invested, if it's, um, you know, people that that do kind of consider themselves more football first fans, but that the, the, there's just wild reactions um, after losses now. Last night, uh, definitely at the top in terms of um the panic uh, you know and, and i've said this recently i've said it before i've written about it i've, I've said it in my reaction videos criticism is a hundred percent fair right now um you know concern you know for those that want to panic go right ahead um for those that just you know say that this team is done that give up on this team um that says derogatory remarks for those that booed this team last night i don't agree i don't get it i think that that's um you know, just uh, I guess I was going to get to this in the end and maybe I'll save a little bit. But I just think that as a fan base, we we can be better than that. You know, I, I think that the, the whole um, rush to judgment after every poor performance 
um yes it was extremely disappointing uh it, you know i i really didn't think it was an effort thing last night i thought it was much more of an ex execution issue um specifically on offense um and it was a mentality issue uh in terms of not being willing to attack the rim um you know and i thought that it was also a little bit of bad timing with um you know hyatt and also Derek simpson they both had off nights, and I think they're, they're the two best. You know, Cam Spencer and Mulcahy can get downhill some. McConnell can as well. But I think that Hyatt and Simpson, when they get downhill, are, um, you know, the best at getting to the rim. Hyatt's had his issues finishing, uh, Simpson to a degree, but they both can get downhill and attack the rim in a way that I don't think anyone else in the team really can. And they both had off nights, and I think that that was a big factor in Rutgers, not being able to attack the rim. Obviously, credit to Michigan. I mean, defensively, they were excellent last night. A lot of Michigan people were saying it was the best defensive performance of the season. Obviously, Hunter Dickinson and, and Reed inside, um, you know, two huge guys that uh, impacted uh, how Rutgers did finish at the rim. But, um, you know, as a whole, they didn't go strong enough. They, did, they didn't finish. They didn't get draw fouls especially in the second half, you know, they really shied away. Uh, they, they lost confidence. And and I think that was, you know, the Nebraska loss was, and it, it looked like, you know, they, they were, were completely out of sync. They kind of unraveled with each other on the court. And, you know, their effort was not what we have come to expect. I thought last night was different. Last night was more of a confidence issue. Last night was more of an execution issue. They played hard. They played Rel relatively well defensively um you know i mean they held michigan 15 points below their average uh they held them to one point uh per possession which is you know um it's not uh it it's not an elite defensive performance but it's not a bad defensive performance at all uh it was actually statistically a better defensive performance than they had against wisconsin from an efficiency standpoint so um yeah it's uh it's concerning for sure Rutgers, you know, uh, on their, the, you know, moving in the wrong direction now, uh, dropped from number 28 to number 37 in the net uh, rankings as of this morning. Uh, they, in Kempom, went from 27 to 33. Uh, one thing to note, you know, coming in uh, to last night, uh, there was a statistic where Rutgers uh, was one of 15 teams to have at least six wins against teams projected to make the field and to be at least 500 against teams projected to make the field. One of 15. Uh, they have some really good wins. The win at Purdue is the best win in the country uh, this season. I don't think that can be really argued. Uh, the only team to be Purdue at Purdue. Um, and then they also won at Northwestern, which is an extremely valuable road win. Northwestern did blow a big lead to Illinois last night. Um, you know, they, they have a win over Indiana. Uh, they have some really good wins. Um, Wisconsin counts as a quad one win. So they, they have five quad one wins. And now here we are going into Sunday and at Penn State is a massive game and it's, it's a quad one road opportunity. And I think, I really do think if they can win that game, uh, that that's going to really, uh, you know, I think winning that game and then winning on the road at Minnesota and they're a lock to make the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, another quad one road victory would be massive. They have three already. 
uh, a fourth, I think, would do the trick. Um, you know, and, 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 and I, I mean, I've seen some crazy, crazy things out there, you know, message boards on Facebook, on Twitter, you know, people saying they're, they're, they're going to make the NIT. Uh, I mean, listen, they're inching their way towards the bubble. They're, they're, you know, they were projected as a seven seed by most people going into, uh, yesterday's game. So they're going to be, you know, projected probably as a, as an eight, nine and 10, uh, for the most part now, uh, before Sunday, definitely inching their way towards the bubble. Um, you know, need to get a win here before the end of the regular season. Uh, Minnesota, you have to win at Minnesota. Uh, it's a quad four game. You don't want that on your resume. That would be that that would be true panic time if they lost that game. Uh, but if you win at Penn State, you know that that that's a huge statement. Penn State's on the bubble. They're right on the edge even closer to projection than Michigan. Penn State is an extremely scary team. Three-point shooting, especially at home, has been lights out. Rutgers did an amazing job on them at the rack. 20-point win in January. Rutgers never, pretty much never plays well at Happy Valley. They've won once. They had a one-point loss a few years ago. Um, but most of the time they play at Penn State, they get blown out. So... I don't know. Maybe, you know, Rutgers, is this team better suited for the road right now? They, they lost back-to-back -back home games at the rack for the first time in um, four seasons since 2019. Uh, I get the frustration. I, I, I am very surprised in the reaction of the fans yesterday. It was, you know, Rutgers played very tight. You know, when Michigan came back and they started missing, Rutgers started missing free throws, you could see the tension just, you know, um, come out of them. And you could hear it in the crowd. You could hear the groans on missed free throws. Um, you know, I, by no means am I blaming the fans for, for, for the loss, but I am uh, upset that uh, the way they treated the team in the second half in terms of booing, um, you know, and, and this whole thing about, oh, they get on NIL now and, you know, they, they're, they're, they're fair game. Well, they're not professional athletes. Nobody on Rutgers is getting some huge NIL deal. And I just don't think that, you know, it's uh, – we. I, I think I, – I don't know if lost perspective is the right way to phrase it um, because I think it's honestly – and I, I'm, I'm not trying to pick on fans. You know, all fans are welcomed. I don't care if you've been a fan of this team for five games or five years or 50 years, you know. I, 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 I don't, <laughs> I don't like to be a fan snob. I hate when people say I'm the best fan ever of this team, or I'm the biggest fan of, we're all fans of varying degrees. And whether you've been a, a fan for decades, like myself, or if you're, you know, a 20 in your twenties and a recent graduate or a current student, we are all equal. We are all Rutgers fans. We all deserve to 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 celebrate wins and commiserate in in losses yes some of us have more experience than others in dealing with them that helps with perspective or i actually think it also hurts because i do think there's a certain portion of fans that 
you know, uh, tighten up as well, you know, and, 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 and even with success, I've seen it, you know, they get nervous and they just stop projecting Rutgers and they say tournaments too early, you know, or I, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're being ranked. I mean, they, like they, they stop, um, you know, <laughs> afraid of success. And then you have fans that, you know, woe is me and the world is crashing over every loss. And, um, I mean, I saw someone right yesterday before the loss that, you know, it's a down year for Rutgers. So they should just go to the NIT. It's better for recruiting if they just go to the NIT and win a couple games because it's a down year for Rutgers. Crazy, crazy. I mean, do we not remember the three decades of never making the NCAA tournament? And now Rutgers is still, as of today, after the disappointing loss, in position to make the NCAA tournament for a third consecutive year, which would be program record, and really the fourth if you count the COVID year, which they were projected to make it. Um, Steve Peichel, not a perfect coach. Um, you know, I thought the substitution patterns last night were a little uh, questionable. Um, you know, I thought um, when they were they were up, uh, when they took Cliff and Paul out with uh, eight minutes into the game, uh, Michigan made a run, uh, you know, whenever Cliff was out of the game, Dickinson just dominated. And then I thought more so in the second half, 10 minutes to go, Paul converted a three point play. They were up four, they were down 40 to 38. Paul came right out Rutgers then and hindsight's 2020 to be fair. Rutgers turned it over twice in a row and then got a block, uh, had a shot blocked and Michigan then started on their 18 to five run. Paul quickly came back in, but that moment evaporated pretty quickly, you know, where they just needed to tie the game or get over that hump, hit a three, take the lead. I really think things could have turned. Their confidence needed it. And, you know, I think that to me is the most troubling part of this is Rutgers just look shaken. They don't look confident right now. And, um, you know, I, I I know people don't want to blame it on the loss of Mag, and I I just think that you can't ever you can't ever know or be able to quantify the impact of one person when when they're lost. You know, to the chemistry of a team, to the uh, you know the connectedness of a team. Um, you know, and it's not all about statistics. And I think we're seeing that Mag really had a huge impact on this team. And and you know, yes. It's not an excuse in the sense of they can't just fall apart and, you know, uh, they need to be more mentally tougher than that. They need to be able to adapt. They need to be able to find a way without him. Um, that doesn't mean their ceiling is, is not impacted without him. But there are enough pieces on this team for it still to be a good team, even without Mag. You know, Cliff, Caleb, and Paul, Cam... I mean, that is that that is a solid foursome. Uh, you know, Hyatt and Simpson are useful pieces. Uh, you know, Reber and Palmquist uh, weren't able to do too much last night. Uh, Palmquist did hit a big three. Uh, Reber was overmatched, especially on the defensive end, had uh, um, some turnovers. Uh, you know, the, the bench is certainly weakened um, with Mag being out as well. Um, but they need to find a way, you know, and, and 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 I think what's interesting is defensively, I mean, Rutgers is, they're still number three nationally in defensive efficiency. They're still number one by a pretty big margin 
in Big Ten play in defensive efficiency. So the defense, while we mentioned the two-point um, defense has certainly su suffered, they haven't completely fallen apart on the defensive end. It's it really offensively, um, you know, they're, they're, they're really struggling. And I do think, you know, prioritizing Cam more and more, running plays for him, running him off screens, you know, getting him catch-and-shoot opportunities uh, uh, has to be done more so. Paul looking to create offense more so. Um, you know, obviously in transition, this seems pretty good. They, they need to continue to look for more. I think that was obviously a huge part of last night. I mean, only three points off of turnovers. Um, they did have 11 points in transition, but only three points off of turnovers. Uh, Michigan had 17. That was a huge part of it. Missing layups. You know, they're getting they're getting looks at the basket. They're just missing. Um, you know, these are not reinvent the wheel type concepts on offense. I don't think they're that far away. If you prioritize Cam or if, 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 if Paul can change his mentality, if the team can finish and, and, and go stronger at the rim, get to back to the foul line more, finish closer to the rim. You know, these are not, um, they don't feel like insurmountable uh, obstacles. Uh, and, and, and I think it is somewhat tied to, to confidence and mentality and that's on the coaching staff. They need to get this team reset mentally. Um, again, you have to credit this team for what they did against Wisconsin. You know, the Nebraska loss, things unraveled. They were able to bounce back and then, you know, boom, the Michigan game, Michigan came in, you know, desperate. It was a must win situation for them and they were the hungrier team last night. And now Rutgers needs to learn from that, and they need they need to be the hungrier team every time they step on the floor. I think part of this, to be honest, <clears throat> is and you know, I guess it's going to sound like a criticism, but it's I, I I feel like it's more of a fact is that I don't know if there's a true alpha on this team, um, and I think that's I really started thinking about it more last night how much they missed the alphas of Geo Baker and Ron Harper Jr. They were true alphas, you know, and I think that they also were really, really good in handling and kind of um, absorbing criticism. Uh, I think they were able to shield the rest of the team uh, in terms of criticism, in terms of, you know, the fan, um, fan uprest online, um, you know, media criticism. Rutgers doesn't have that type of personality right now. Um, you know, Gio and Ron saw it all. You know, and Caleb has too. And I think Caleb has been very stand-up, you know, in, in, in talking to the media after losses. I think Paul did a good job last night. But I think that, you know, it's it's uh, it's an listen, it can be unsettling, you know, and increased expectations, you know, increases criticism when things don't go well. And I think that Gio and Ron had those alpha personalities that they were able to shoulder the blame, absorb it, you know, kind of uh, uh, protect the rest of the team, but also have the mentality and be able to sense moments where they needed to take control and be assertive. And, you know, they weren't always successful. Um but no one is, you know, but they were more successful than not. And they were able to, 
I think, create urgency when it was needed. Um, I thought that they, you know, they were to blame uh, in, in some respects in the poor start to the season last year, but they were also to credit uh, for the way that team responded, uh, the way they, you know, uh, produced that historic four-game uh, win streak against ranked foes, um, the way they were able to finish year after year with their backs against the wall, get wins when they needed to get wins. And here we are now. Rutgers needs to get wins in the final weeks of the season to solidify their NCAA tournament resume, and they did it last weekend against Wisconsin, and now they have another ch chance against Northwestern. Excuse me. Penn State on Sunday night at Minnesota next Thursday night. Northwestern at home on senior night, Sunday night, regular season finale. So three huge opportunities. Um, if Rutgers wins two of those, they're a lock for the NCAA tournament. If they win one, it's got to be Minnesota. Um, you don't want – you already have two quad three losses on your resume. You don't want a quad four on top of that. Yes, you know, the quad one win, uh, I mean, it's – I don't know. It's tough. We'll ask Brad Wachtel – on uh, Monday, uh, when I have him on, Monday, Tuesday of next week uh, after the Penn State game, what he thinks about that. But, um, you know, listen, they, it, more importantly, uh, this team just has to re reset. They have to reset their mindset. They have to reset their identity. They can't be the same thing they were before Mag uh, because he's not coming back. And, you know, uh, I think, listen, between Andre Hyatt, Derek Simpson, Cam Spencer, Paul Mulkey, I think all of them, they're all useful parts. They're all productive players at times. They can be. They just, there, there needs to be kind of a, 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 what am I trying to say here? It's, it's not like a puzzle, but it's almost like a relink of how everyone's best utilized. And, you know, that includes Cliff and Caleb. And this team can play, I think, a little bit differently and could be a lot more effective offensively. They're not going to shoot 40% from three ever. Um, but, you know, the, the, this team is capable to shoot uh, over 70% from the foul line. You know, they can shoot better inside. Uh, they, they, they've proven they can share the basketball. You know, I thought last night the ball stuck too much. You know, it wasn't as much ISO, but it was more like, you know, being focused on getting it to, to one guy and not really just let it develop. Uh, they, they never really try to create natural flow within the offense. And I think it, it really hurt them. So I, th I think just a mentality, a philosophy, reshifting. Um, you know, I, 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 I think that the, I truly, I think the parts are there that this team can be more productive offensively and, and they can, they can be, uh, they can perform better. You know, and I just think that the the doom and gloom, I I, I do get it to some degree, but I think to, to, you have to be able to step back also, you know, and 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 listen. After the season is when we look at the big pictures and we examine the deficiencies and where this team really missed, um, and and where they were successful, and you know where the program is as a whole, uh, big picture wise, long term wise, um. But I just think that the way this team finished the last three seasons um, and, and what we've seen from this team at times this season, they deserve the benefit of the doubt. You know, yes, be concerned, be critical, completely fair. 
to give up and also not understand that college basketball, you know, game to game. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it, it, it's, it's going to change game to game. I mean, you can't just say because they play terrible. I mean, the season was over after Nebraska and then they go to Wisconsin, they win. So why would it be any different moving forward? You know, uh, and listen, I'm, you know, I, w- I was always, I, of these last few games, I was always most worried about the at Penn State game because I think because of their three-point shooting ability and the fact that Rutgers never really plays well there, I always had that circle that's like, you know, probably the toughest game left on the schedule. But would I be shocked if Rutgers went into Penn State and won that game? No. You know, do I expect them to? Honestly, no, I don't. Um, and that's just going to add to the panic and add to um, the snowballing of, of, you know, them rolling closer to the wrong side of the bubble. Uh, I just think in closing, we have we have to do a better job as a fan base. We, we got to keep it together. I mean, come on. We've at this point, we've been there before. I, I know for years and years and years, we never experienced what the bubble was like. We were never in contention to be able to understand the emotions of it all. But we have now for a few years. And I mean, if you just compare to last season, Rutgers is so much in a better position uh, metrics wise. And, you know, the bubble this year is very soft. It's very soft. So, yes, you know, could Rutgers implode and lose every game out? Of course. You know, you can never say never. But is that going to happen? I think it's unlikely. I do. I think it's unlikely. I think, you know, the most important thing is about getting their confidence back, getting their identity back, getting their mindset in the right place. Um, you know, having the the leaders of this team, uh, the veterans of this team kind of uh, get mentally uh, clear and on the same page, focused. You know, this team, they need that toughness. They need that toughness. And um there's no denying that they're they're not the same team with Moat Mag, but that does not mean this cannot be a good team moving forward. And I think they showed on Saturday that they have the they have the intestinal fortitude to be able to win games, um, you know, and to and to pull things out. And you know, I I, I thought last night defensively that it wasn't their best effort, but it was nowhere near um, their worst. I mean, it was it was a good defensive effort overall. You know, you hold you held Michigan to 58 points. Uh, you need to win that game with your offense. And uh, we don't need them to score 70 points a game, but they got to score in the 60s. They need to. And I, I don't think that there's that many things that need to be done. You know, they need to get to the line more and make their free throws. They need to finish more layups. And then they need to get shot opportunities for for, for Cam and, and, and Paul. I, I don't think it's that complicated. I know it's easier said than done. But I guess my point in saying it's not complicated is I, I think that there's hope. I, I think there's hope that they can figure that out. Again, they're not going to be a, an explosive offense, but I do think that they can be better than they've been for sure. Um, and, you know, I just uh, – sorry for being an eternal optimist. I know some people get upset. They, I, I think that some people just are begging me to just explode and just rip this team, and it's just not going to happen because I don't feel that way. You know, I I, 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 I get the, the, the ups and downs of the season – these, 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 they're people, um, you know, I mean, the players, you think they want to be going through this, you know, of course not. Um, the coaching staff doesn't want to be going through this. Um, I think that they all have to search for answers. I think whenever they've had their backs against the wall in the past, they've, they've pretty much always come through, 
you know, and I think that uh, if you look back to the beginning of the season, they were picked eighth in the Big Ten. They were fringe NCAA tournament team. A lot of people expect them to go to the NIT without Ron and Geo. And, um, you know, they're, they're kind of uh, kind of on that border right now. So I don't think you call the season a disappointment. Yes, you want to say they got off to a great start and, you know, uh, they were eight and four in Big Ten play. But, you know, listen, a very clear um, thing happened in Mag getting hurt. And, you know, it's not an excuse. It's, it's a fact. And, yes, they need to be able to figure it out without him. You know, if you just lose out and implode, that's that, that's a failure on the coaching staff and a failure on this team. But I think that they can recover and they can get better from this. Um, per, you know, their ceiling, yeah, I, th- I think their ceiling is not as high with Mag, but I still think they can be a good team without him. And they just have to figure it out. And then unfortunately, it's taking time. Unfortunately, they had two disappointing home losses here in a row. And um, all I can say is I'm sticking with them. And um, I'm really intrigued to see what can happen moving forward. And I hope this, you know, it served a little bit of a therapy session for me. I hope it served for you too. Um, you know, reach out to me on Twitter, uh, email. Um, you know, I'll do a Q&A email uh, podcast soon. Like I said, we're going to have Brad Wachtel, um for facts and bracks, uh, one of the, the most accurate bracketologists out there. Um, you know, uh, next week we'll also have Nick Costco here to preview Rutgers wrestling at the big 10 championships. Um, and we'll have plenty of coverage at the Scarlet faithful. I uh, really appreciate you listening, uh, today. And, um, you know, all I can say is, uh, we just have to, uh, you know, keep grinding as a fan base. We need to be better, honestly, like, let's just, you know, if, if, if they fall apart and they miss the state tournament, we can commiserate as a fan base um, and, and just, uh, you know, uh, lament um, the failure of, of the end of the season. When it happens, don't try to, you know, you, you can't self, you can't react ahead before it's even happened. You know, and you can, if you want to project that it's going to happen, fine. If that's what you need to do to feel better, fine. If that's a self-coping mechanism, if that's a, you know, a pain avoidance mechanism, go for it. But from my perspective, there's a lot of season left. This is not over. This team is is not in a bad position. You know, they, they are still firmly in the NCAA tournament field. They have to get off the mat, and I believe they will. Thank you for listening to the Scarlet Faithful podcast.